0: Today we look behind some of the surprising statistics the Islanders have this season and Simon Holmstrom. How does he look through four NHL games? We've got all that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got lots to go over on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment about something we've discussed, or maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode of the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address, as always, gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWords, N Y R V S N Y I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders, news, notes, and happenings and. I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with fellow Islanders fans, whether it's game time or any time. So f- please feel free to contact me via Twitter or via email. So here we are disappointing loss. And it seems to be, uh, you know, a few comments we had, uh, Our our friend of the show, Tommy, writing in. Hey, Gil, it's Tommy again. Our Islanders did not play terrible, in my opinion. It was a good game. We had a few chances to score. We were only down by a goal. I thought we should have played more physical, and I was surprised we didn't. I also believe we could have skated faster and harder, but we won four straight. I'm grateful. I think we have to work more on the neutral zone puck movement a little and get around the trap better. What do you think? Be safe. Thanks for a great podcast. Well, Tommy, first of all, thank you again for the email and for the kind words. And I think if you look at the common denominator, as far as the things that you brought up, uh, could have been more physical, could have skated harder and faster, work on the neutral zone puck movement a little more, get around the trap better. These are all effort things. These are... Things that are determined by hustle and want and grit and sort of bringing your, you know, your A game, being determined, being hungry. And for whatever reason, uh, against the Flyers on uh, Tuesday, the Islanders were just kind of flat and they didn't have that juice that you need to really be successful and, and to take care of business against a team that, on paper, they should have beat a team that was a little desperate and a little hungry being, uh, you know, on the losing end of 10 straight games, 7 and 3. So, you know, did they have a terrible game? You know, maybe not objectively, but subjectively. When you're going up against uh, a team like the Flyers and you knew that those fights that happened in the first eight seconds of the game we're coming. I, I think the effort is the thing that frustrated. You could lose a game two to one or three to one if you count the empty netter, and you gotta count it. But you could lose a game even to a team that you're supposed to beat occasionally. Uh, but you want to see that hustle, that effort, that extra gear, and it, it just didn't seem to me that the Islanders had it in Philadelphia on Tuesday. So thank you for that comment, Tommy. Wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Simon Holmstrom and what he's looking like right now through four games. And, you know, there's sort of good news and bad news when you look at his statistics. He's obviously not averaging a lot of ice time per game. He's young. These are his first four career NHL games. And look, we know that Lou Lamarello and now Lane Lambert, not as bad as uh, with Lambert as it was with Trotz, but they are erring on the side of caution and bringing young players around slowly, making them earn their ice time. So even though Simon Holmstrom, for the most part, has started games on the top line uh, with Oliver Wallstrom and Matthew Barzal, you want to say that's the top line or the second line, he's gotten those you know, play, been with top six players on his line. But he is not necessarily getting as much ice time as your Barzal, even your Wallstrom, who tends to not get a lot of ice time over the course of games. He's not seeing a lot of time on the power play. He's certainly not seeing time on the PK. So, you know, there there is that. So the ice time is on the low end. And again, I think that is to be expected. He got his first NHL point which is great news. It's an assist. So, congratulations to Simon Holmstrom and he is in four games a plus 2. Now, the Islanders are 3 and 1 in those games. You would hope he would be a plus player, but the fact that he has been, you know, not not seen a lot of time on special teams and that he's been out there uh for more goals scored than goals against by two in four games. Look, you you do that over the course of an 82-game season, you're a plus 41, and I think anyone would take that. Uh, Holmstrom does have one blocked shot. He's only taken two face-offs, and he hasn't won either of them. That doesn't really bother me much at this point. Here are the things that bother me a little. Through four games, Simon Holmstrom has no hits. I don't expect him to have four, five, six hits a game, but in four games, zero hits. That's a little bit uh, to the extreme on the other end as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And then the other thing is, and this is to me a bigger concern, through four games, Simon Holmstrom has zero shots on goal. And... Again, four games, small sample size, first four games in the league, you're going up against bigger, faster, more experienced defenders, players who know how to play positionally, players who are probably stronger than you are at this stage in your development, but zero shots on goal for a guy who's playing on a line with Wallstrom and Barzal most of the time, gotta have better numbers than that. I'm not saying he, again, needs to take 10 shots on goal in four games, but two, three, four would be nice. I'm not worried about it, but it is an observation, and I think it's something that will come uh, if he continues to play. Now, whether or not when Josh Bailey is healthy and returns to the lineup, and if Cal Clutterbuck is able to go on Friday and he returns to the lineup, whether or not... You know, Holmstrom gets sent back down to Bridgeport. That's up to Lou Morello We'll see. But as of right now, that is uh, more or less what we... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, let's put it that way, if that happened. So just those are some st- statistical observations about Simon Holmstrom through his first four uh, games. But the big thing to me, the kid doesn't look out of place. He's not getting beaten badly defensively. He's responsible. He's in the right place. His stick is in the right place. And the more comfortable he gets, the more we'll see some of these numbers like shots on goal and hits and all of that stuff uh, start to pick up and increase. We have got a lot more to discuss. We're going to look at some interesting statistics from the New York Islanders. Through the first 24 games and some of these will surprise you. We've got that plus our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball. You got World Cup soccer now. Of course, the NHL and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So, hey, if you think the Islanders are going to get back on the winning track Friday against Nashville, Head over to betonline.net and check out the odds. You can head to the website today You use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, wanted to talk a little bit about the numbers here. We're 24 games into the season. And that's when the numbers start to mean something. You, You begin to see patterns. It's not just like, oh... So-and-so is off to a hot start. Well, we're five games in. He scored three goals. Last year, he had, you know, only five goals. And by the end of the season, he finishes with seven. Okay, we're not talking about that anymore. We're more than a quarter of the way through the season. Most of these guys have played uh, enough that you're starting to see the patterns that develop. And, you know, some of these numbers are a little bit surprising. For example... Who is second on the Islanders in penalty minutes as of now, even though he missed one game this season? Well, Scott Mayfield is first. Casey Sezekis is third. Second, how many of you would have guessed Oliver Wallstrom with 30 penalty minutes in 23 games? Wally, some of it has been that he's taken some foolish penalties, uh, some of it has been, you know, he got into a couple of fights over the last week. And, you know, that's a little surprising, but Wallstrom more than happy to defend himself and, and uh, you know, hold his own when when it's necessary. But here we are more than a quarter of the way into the season, and Oliver Wallstrom is second on the team in penalty minutes. I don't think we're going to see too many more fights from Wally over the course of the rest of the season. He's got to cut down, though, on some of those foolish... uh, I'm behind the play, so I reach out my stick and trip someone or grab someone and hold them or hook them. Those foolish penalties have to be cut down on, and it's high time that they did that. Plus minus. You know, it's a little sort of compromised right now as there are other metrics that are more advanced, but I... Still think plus minus counts for something. And the fact that the Islanders are a winning team, you know, most players, no no one on the Islanders is below a minus three right now. And most of this team, I would say about 65% of the team has either a, a plus or a zero. JG Pajot at zero. Everyone, you know, most of the other big-time players are on the plus side, and no one is very minus. People are saying, you know, Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick not be playing as well defensively as they normally do. And over the last five to seven games, I would say that's probably true. But Adam Pellick right now leading the Islanders with a plus 11. And who's second? Ryan Pulak with nine. Here's a little surprise. Who's third? How about Oliver Wallstrom? He is a plus seven, Brock Nelson, Zach Parise, plus six, and Scotty Mayfield and Alexander Romanov each plus five. Not too many players are minus. The only minuses, Bavillier, Anthony Bavillier, a minus one, Sebastian Ajo, minus one, Matt Martin, and Ross Johnston, minus one, Ross only playing in five games. Kiefer Bellows not with the team anymore. He's a minus one. Your minus twos, Kyle Palmieri, Casey Zizekas, and Nikita Sashnikov, who is now no longer with the big club. And bringing it up the rear with a minus three, Noah Dobson. Part of that, though, eight of Dobson's 16 points come on the power play. And, you know, when you, you don't get any plus credit when you score a power play goal or when you're on the ice for a power play goal. How about the face-off circle? Uh, the two players who are doing very well in the face-off circle, no surprise, J.G. Pajot, 261 wins out of 461 face-offs, and then Casey Sizikis, who has won 161 and lost 138. Barzal, Still struggling in the face-off circle. He's 152. He's lost 103. That's a low percentage. You know, that's about, what, 36% give or take. Uh, I know Barzy's never been the strongest face-off guy, but you you really want to know that he can get closer to 50% before all is said and done. And I, I think he needs to work a little bit more on his technique. We all know Matthew Barzal is leading the Islanders in assists. He has 24 assists in 24 games. He also leads the team in points. But here's a crazy statistic. Not only does Matthew Barzal lead the Islanders in assists with 24, he has twice as many assists as the next highest Islander, which is Brock Nelson with 12, Anders Lee 11, Ryan Pulak 10, Those are the only four Islanders in double digits in helpers. But unbelievable that Barzi has an assist per game and is double the next highest Islander on the list. I found that to be a little bit of a surprise. Hits. Can't say it's that surprising. Cal Clutterbuck, 85. Leading the team, Matt Martin, 78. Who is the highest rated player Not on the identity line. If you guessed J.G. Pajot with 70, you were right. And highest rated uh, defenseman among hits? No surprise, Alexander Romanov with 62. Romanov, by the way, is the only Islanders defenseman right now that has not scored a goal. And look, we know the Islanders... Defense has been more involved offensively this year, stepping up, producing a lot of goals. Noah Dobson, seven goals in 24 games. That's impressive. Scott Mayfield Adam uh, has four goals. Adam Pellick, three. Sebastian Aho two. Robin Salo has two, even though he only played in four games. Ryan Pulak has one, and then Romanov, the only Islander defenseman, without a goal. And uh, again, that is a little bit of a surprise. Block shots. The big three. Romanov with 55. He's leading the team. Ryan Pulak, 41. Scott Mayfield, 40. Noah Dobson and Adam Pellick next with uh, 38 and 37. Who leads Islanders forwards in block shots? Zach Parise, 38 years old, not afraid to sacrifice his body for the good of the team. 22 block shots in 24 games for Zach Parise, and that is a fairly impressive number. Game-winning goals. One player leads the team with four. Nobody else has more than two. Brock Nelson. Four game winners through 24 games. Pretty impressive when you think the Islanders have 15 wins. And he has four of the game winners. Two each for Dobson, Pajot, and Bailey. Bailey has four goals this year. And two of them have been game winners. So just some numbers through 24 games that I think show a little bit more about this team. And and what they you know, what they're doing well and some of the players who may surprise you with some of those numbers. So uh, just wanted to discuss those a little bit. And if you have any other numbers that you feel are important to mention, please email or or comment on YouTube and, and, and let me know. And we'll be happy to discuss some of those in a future episode. We have got more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. And a whole lot more, all that coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And Friday will be the 59th birthday of former Islanders center Ron Sutter. Sutter, the native of Viking Alberta, drafted by the Flyers fourth overall in the first round. Back in 1982, after a very successful career with the Lethbridge Broncos of the Western Hockey League, made his NHL debut with the Flyers late in the 82-83 season, and stayed with Philly through the 90-91 campaign, then went on to play for the Blues, the Quebec Nordique, and then joined the Islanders for the 94-95 season, which you may remember was cut short by a lockout. Played in 27 of the team's 48 games that year. One goal, 5 points, 21 penalty minutes. Later played for the Boston Bruins, San Jose Sharks, and Calgary Flames before hanging up his skates after the 2000-2001 season. And, you know, Ron Sutter played in 1,093 games. 205 goals, 533 points, and 1,000. 352 penalty minutes, add 104 playoff games, none of those with the Isles, eight goals, 40 points, and 193 penalty minutes in the postseason for Ron Sutter. And the thing about Ron Sutter, six feet, 180, you know, he had some good productive seasons, back-to-back 20-goal campaigns for the Flyers in 88-89 and 89-90, 19 more for the Blues in 91-92, but by the time he got to the Islanders, he was being used more as a checking forward. And that was sort of his his role. And, uh, you know, basically, he was a, a two-way guy. Wasn't going to put up a, a, a lot of points, but was going to give you good defense and be physical and check and play a solid two-way game. Obviously, Ron Sutter related to, uh, you know, Brent and Dwayne uh, and the other Sutter brothers, but, but uh, you know, we had Brian, Brent, Daryl, Dwayne, and Rich, uh, and Ron Sutter, twin brother of Rich, and was the last of the Sutters to retire from the NHL. By the way, he is right now the, the player development coach For the Calgary Flames, so he is still active in the sport of professional hockey at this point. We have uh, looked back at one of his better games as an Islander. How about April 7th, 1995 at Madison Square Garden? Islanders traveling to take on the New York Rangers. Tommy Soderstrom, the goalie for the Islanders. And Mike Richter gets the start for the Rangers. And it was the Rangers getting on the board first. They get a shorthanded goal early. Kevin Lowe off for interference, and Alex Kovalev scores a shorty, his 11th from Mark Osborne and Brian Leach at 332, Isles trailing one to nothing. Then the Islanders' Dean Chenow takes uh, a charging penalty, then drops the gloves with Nick Kiprios, but the Rangers get a power play. Pat Verbeek scores his 11th, Adam Graves and Brian Leach the assist at 6.54. Islanders down by two on the road. But Joey Kosher called for roughing at 7.23, and 25 seconds later, the Islanders cash in. Bob Beers, his second of the year, on the power play. Matthew Schneider and Ray Ferraro with the assist. Isles cut it to within a goal, two to one. That's how it stood after one period. In the second period, Travis Green ties it early for the Islanders, his second of the year. Chris uh, Marinucci, the only assist. And then Mark Messier gives the Rangers back the lead, 3-2, his 14th. Brian Leach, his third assist. Steve Larmer, the other helper, at 540. Isles again down a goal. But Travis Green ties it with a minute 27 left in the second period. Ziggy Palfi and Brent Severin with the assists. And in the third period, just a minute 59 in. Our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ron Sutter, his first of the year. His first and only goal as an Islander. Marty McGinnis, the only assist. It's the game-winner, Islanders, with a 4-3 come-from-behind win over the Rangers. For Ron Sutter, our Islanders' birthday of the day, he had a goal. He was a plus one. He had the game-winner and had four of the Islanders' 28 shots on goal. Soderstrom with... 31 saves, Islanders outshot 34 to 28 in this game. So, again, a very happy uh, 59th birthday to former Islanders center Ron Sutter. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Wanted to touch briefly on the ESPN Plus situation. I, I, I got a couple of emails. And saw a lot on social media, a lot of fans unhappy that they have to pay extra for ESPN Plus uh, and weren't able to necessarily watch the game. And then some of the people who even could watch the game, not happy that Brandon and Butch not available. You're not getting the hometown announcers. And then, you know, you had that situation on ESPN Plus uh, Tuesday night where Cal Clutterbuck left the game early in the first period, doesn't return, they don't mention it. So, you know, there were a few things that, that they got wrong. Unfortunately, look, it's all about the money. And rightfully or wrongfully, this is what sports leagues are doing. It's not just the NHL. It's not just the Islanders. Uh, the NFL and Major League Baseball have games that are exclusive to different streaming services and it is needless to say, very frustrating for fans. Unfortunately, you know the money comes first, and the leagues—that's—that's that's, you know—they they don't care so much that you're inconvenienced or that you don't prefer it. They're going to try to make as much money as they can. But I agree with all of the fans who who express their opinions. I'd rather see the hometown hometown announcers. And I certainly, if I'm already paying for uh, my cable and all my sports tiers, I want to be able to get all the games. So I understand your frustration. I wish there was something fans could do. But the leagues are going after the money. I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen now. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.